Ciao ragazzi and benvenuti to the 22nd episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I am hosting, co-hosting this podcast, sorry, from the very rainy and grey west of Scotland. Uh, the Raggio di Sole in my life, Michele Borelli, is live from Napoli, from Naples. How is Naples? Are there rays of sunshine or are you just the ray of sunshine in Naples? I am the only real station in your life. Is that what you're saying? No, are, you you're trying, just... are you flirting with me? Finally? Uh, always. Yeah, your dreams come true. No, you know, I have many rays of sunshine in my life, including all of the people listening to this podcast and all of my 605 followers on Twitter. But you <laughs> might be the brightest ray of them all. Nice. Well done. Well done. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Yeah, no, in Napoli is quite, um, quite warm still, to be honest. It's almost beach going weather right now i'm thinking about it i'm thinking about it maybe maybe one of these weekends before it gets to we get to november i'll i rent a boat last last year i did it i rented a boat in the last last day of october i think last sunday last day of october it was quite warm it was still quite warm it was quite nice so maybe i'll do it again what's your beach of choice then in this no i well no i just when i rent a boat i just I just go around Ischia, go around Procida, Monte di Procida, Bacoli, you know, these, these are the places. And yeah, no, they are quite nice. We don't really go to a beach, although there is a small place in Ischia where there is some um, natural, obviously, thermal water. So the, the sea is quite hot there and uh, there are some like natural pools. And uh, yeah, I like to go there with the boat and then we swim towards the thermal pools. And uh, yeah, we, we, we just relaxed there. They're very hot, very, very hot. Those of us listening, I mean, I've been to both Proshida and Ischia, and they are just wonderful places. Um, I know that Art Morelli on, on Twitter, he is, his family are from Ischia. Uh, Pino Batman, the goalkeeper, is from Ischia, right? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, he is. I He's do. from Ischia. Oh. Um, I can never pronounce his surname. How do you, you know, tell us how to pronounce Pino Batman's surname properly? Tagliatela. 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 Sorry, everybody. I'm going to go home (laughs) and practice. Those of us interested in the literary pursuits, one of Truman Capote's favorite places in the world was Ischia. He lived on Ischia, I think, for a bit, Truman Capote. And uh, one of my favorite Italian novelists, Elsa Marante, her best book is set on... um, Proshida, Arthur's Island, I suppose is how you translate it. Give it a read. Uh, But you won't be thinking of any of that when you're on your boat. You'll just be soaking up the rays, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We don't really talk about that. Literally pursuits on on my boat days. Yeah. But do you talk about Napoli? Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Come on. I I talk about Napoli basically every day. To the fishes that look, look. The fi- yeah, I guess, yeah. But Come even if you just face. walk around town, you know, you you end up talking about Napoli sooner or later. Can we play Ossiman and Raspadori in the same team? And then the fish just looks back at you blankly. Anyway, this is episode number 22. What is number 22 in the Napoli Tombola? 22 in the Napoli Tombola is Opaz, which is not to be confounded with 
a very popular bad word in Napolitan, but opaz would mean il pazzo, the crazy man, the madman. Well, which of the two of us is that? I suppose I feel more mad than you because I've already talked about Elsa Marante and Truman Capote on a football podcast. So I'll yeah. leave that to you, yes. I'll, I'll uh, leave you this medal. Thank you. We've had the Naked Woman last week, the Madman this week. Will there be another podcast? If there is, number 23. Don't look ahead, listeners. You'll be so disappointed. No, but number 23 <laughs> is probably one of the most famous number in the Napoli Tombola. It's one of those numbers that are so common knowledge that you can go around and just say, ah, you're such a 23 and everyone would understand that. So, yeah. You're getting so good at podcasting, Michele, so you've just successfully trailed the next, the next episode. We're motivating our listeners to tune in. So having left this, an unacceptable distance between podcasts, um, we're back straight away. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to talk about what, Bologna was like in the stadium where Michele was, right? In Corva B, see? Yes. And talk about a couple of things, a couple of players, what we think about them. And then we might look ahead a little bit to away at Roma. But um, it's weird this season, isn't it? Because that Bologna game in a normal season would be full of talking points, be full of, we'd be full of energy about it, wouldn't we? Because so much happened. And weirdly, it just seems kind of, normal is the wrong word, but just like the amount of entertainment you get from Napoli this season, it seems quite sort of standard to have this kind of five-goal um, pazzo game. What was it like in the stadium? So do you want to just, again, like paint a picture? Well, it pretty much a sellout, right, Michele? It was pretty much a sellout except for lower Curva A, which was open which was um, made available for sale on the day of the game for some reason. I mean, um, Napoli's choices regarding tickets and, you know, the stadium in general don't really make too much sense. So I have stopped investigating why they do what they do. But yeah, no, it was, I think it was about probably 45,000 people, something like that, because let's not forget that the total capacity is 54 now after the 2018 renovations and about 3000 of them are away, away seats, away tickets. And the away section was totally empty. So the curva below was full and all the other sections were full except, except for lower curva. So uh, yeah, I would say about 45,000, which is a lot. It's really, really a lot. Bologna. Anything above, yeah. anything above 35,000 in Napoli is, is a success and not because people don't want to go to the stadium, but because the decent seats in the stadium are about, I would say probably 28, 27,000. So if you exceed that, if you go, if you sell about 35,000 seats, then it's, it means that people, people really want to see the game. People really want to see the game and Napoli doesn't make it easy with their ticket, ticketing pricing. Because for some reason, I don't know if I already mentioned it in the podcast, but if, if, if I did, I'll say it again. The lower sections of the stadium in Serie A, for Serie A games, are more expensive than what they cost against Liverpool, for example, or Ajax or Rangers. What's and the name of the Tombola number again? Tell me again. The Madman. Mm. Yeah, I, oh I think God, we know so. who that is now. <laughs> but yeah, no, so... 
every time you know i'm i'm still not used to having a stadium so full because again having a full stadium in napoli is not the norm and it's it was quite nice on sunday it was it was uh it was not probably an evening game but it was quite nice a lot of people around the stadium a lot of latecomers a lot of traffic a lot of chaos obviously but yeah full stadium always gives you these okay it's a big game vibes you know usually you feel the stadium for champions league games or mm. you know e milan inter juventus these kind of games so having a full stadium for napoli bologna with tickets which are so expensive because they are very expensive right now mm. it means something it means that it means that a lot of people <laughs> well i don't want i don't like the term plastics because again i don't want to you are speaking to one it's fine i won't take offense for kelly no fine. but i don't like i don't believe in plastic fans i've i mentioned that many times i don't believe in gatekeeping you know napoli's fan base i don't want to say Preach. that you know some fans are more real than others but obviously they are more in, in italy you would call them which is still not that that nice to say but in italy you would call them occasionally in napoli at least yeah, yeah occasional yeah. fans you know so if we take out the negative connotations of the term which it has in italian then yeah i would describe a lot of people who are going to the stadium right now right now as occasionally so people who normally wouldn't go to the stadium and i can tell because for what i do obviously with the tickets i am in ticket stores quite a lot and and uh, when i'm there i can see how people go to buy tickets and a lot of people have no idea what the even what the stadium sections are you know like oh but like i, I helped a, a, a woman because she was she wanted lower distinctive tickets and she was she thought that well i mean she got it wrong because she thought that the upper section was the lower section and the other way around and yeah so a lot of occasional fans but the occasional fans of today are the the hardcore fans of tomorrow you know some of them every one of us started as an occasional fan so yeah i, I honestly have no problem with that and in napoli's being open arms yeah it's so much fun watching napoli right now that i'm sure that a lot of fans a lot of neutrals are becoming napoli fans a lot of occasional fans are becoming hardcore fans and a lot of hardcore fans are well becoming even more crazy so like yeah acolytes i don't know what zealots the um zealots. yeah yeah so it's interesting but while we're on the the literary references i was thinking you said the george orwell quote that you know some animals are more equal than others yeah. but actually um yeah i think all fans yeah it's one of my real pet hates particularly on twitter when people tell other fans how to be fans it's like no, it's if if someone had spoken to me like that when I was, you know, seven or eight, and I started to find out about Napoli, and even though I lived in a small village near Manchester, I wouldn't have carried on being a Napoli fan. Like for me, I was a kid; I didn't understand all the stuff about what makes a real fan. Um, I think actually, weirdly, McKay, I might b- bring in a listener question at this point because it's relevant to what you're saying. Had a bit of an interaction through our Twitter account at Shadow of Vesuvio. Those of you that don't follow us, with a guy called David at Datoch One D A T O C H One. Now it's kind of relevant to this. So in reply to our release tweet, he says, "Thanks guys for the great podcast." No, thank you for tweeting. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to ask Michele. It's fine. I don't mind that the question is not for me. Um, 
You can't ask me questions, listeners. It's fine. It's your show, Michele. It's fine. I'm a mere conduit. Um, That's true. What's the reason the stadium isn't selling out on every game? Team is top placed in every competition. And what is most important? Um, it's so much fun to watch it. Thank you. So I kind of replied a few times saying that, you know, you've said it before on the podcast about the difference in average earnings in comparison from Napoli to some of the other cities in Italy. Um, you know, perhaps attending two games a week and be able to afford both might be a bit of a difference. You just suggested that perhaps that the actual sight lines of the stadium mean that there's only a finite number of really good seats. Uh, what have you got to say to David about perhaps why not every single game is completely selling out? Well, I mean, thank you for the question, first of all. I've, well, I mean, it's, it's not an easy answer because it, it has a lot of, you know, there are a lot of li- uh, different factors and elements to take into consideration. I can talk on a case-by-case uh, case basis. And for example, if we take the Bologna game into consideration, we just said that the stadium was almost completely full, but there were many reasons why people, not to, for people not to buy tickets for this game. And first of all, the, one of the main reasons, which is the main reason this season and the main difference between uh, games which have a sellout stadium and games which don't have a sellout stadium is that the lower levels of the stadium, I've said that many times, but I'll, I'll say it again because it's important and it, it's crazy to me that the lower levels of the stadium, which have a way worse view than the upper levels of the stadium, cost the same in Serie A. Hmm. For Champions League, they, cost, they, they apply a lower price for the lower levels. I have no idea why the pricing is different for Serie A games. They've asked this question to the, you know, the Napoli guy responsible for ticket prices, and he said, I don't know. He said, it doesn't make any sense what he said. He said something about, yeah, because of season tickets, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we have different logics when it comes to Serie A games. I have no idea what that means. Um, a bad seat is a bad seat. Doesn't matter if you play in, in Champions League or not. Actually, yeah. I, would, I would think it would be the opposite. So there is more demand in Champions League compared to Serie A. And you make tickets cheaper in the lower levels in Champions League. How does that make any sense? Like, Napoli Liverpool lower curva 25 euros Napoli Bologna lower curva 35 euros That's just that... completely mad it doesn't make any sense well we know why it's about how things look so the, the our dear owner who isn't the man with the mustache um knows the global audience will tune in to watch the Liverpool game much more than they will tune in to Bologna I think in terms of what the brand of Napoli looks on a global stage, having a full stadium is perhaps more important? Or do you think he thinks about things like that? I have no, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I honestly have no idea why they do what they do when it comes to the stadium and merchandising and a lot of things. Um, I've just come to the conclusion that they just improvise these things. Mm. And uh, yeah, that, that usually explains it. And yeah. But so, you know, yeah, so this is one of the reasons why the stadium is not always full. The main reason is the main reason is that about half of the stadium has very unappealing seats. And if you sell them at a lower price, 
then obviously you meet demand. Hmm. So right now they're selling tickets for Napoli Rangers and the lower curva is selling as many tickets as the upper curva. But for okay. example, for Serie A games, they don't even open the lower curva sections until the upper sections are sold out. So as I said, they open the lower curva A for sale only on Sunday morning. When and the, the game was at, on Sunday evening, so I, I still don't know why that makes sense. Um, I mean, obviously, it doesn't, but yeah, that's why for the Bologna game, you didn't have a sold out stadium, and then obviously, there are many, many other reasons. I would say that Napoli Stadium, when Napoli fans go to the stadium, despite the fact that it's you know, like the seats and the pricing, you know, it's a lot of and people when they're released actually sorry Michele, but i think that's really important detail just to dwell on that for bologna the lower quarter of the seats were not released until the morning of the game so actually yes. another way of looking at it is that quite a lot of those tickets were sold in quite a short period of time right not really because it's they they opened the lower curva b a few days before when cur- lower curva b was sold out on saturday evening they opened the lower curva a and lower curva a was I don't think they sold many tickets for that, like a hundred, something like that. Okay. Again, fair I mean. enough. But I can see, I mean, I think quite a lot of people who tune in are watching Napoli mostly on TV. They they love the club. They would give anything to go and see the club twice a week. And I can I can see often I see on Twitter that people get frustrated. It's also non-Napoli fans kind of saying, why is the stadium? But I think there's your nuance is really important here that the you're paying a lot of money for a seat that is a really really terrible view um and you're being expected at the moment to do that twice a week right yeah 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 but it's, to be honest it's they're selling a lot of tickets right now i don't think I've, i don't think nobody has ever had such a big attendance um in like 15 years i would say you know like mm-hmm. we are selling we are selling out all champions league games and the Napoli Rangers, and again, prices are very high right now. So Napoli Rangers cost exactly the same as Napoli Liverpool, which again, doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. And uh, it's going to be, probably it's going to be sold out. Um, Napoli Bologna was, was very expensive and it was mostly sold out. Um, and also mm-hmm. the crap seats are the most visible ones. So when you're watching on TV, that's right. The seats that are not full are the lower cover seats. That, and also mostly the ones on the sides, which are even worse than the curva lower ones, right? Or are they? No, all they are the they are the lower curva, the ones on the side. And the no, the one you see on television is the lower distinti. Yeah. And Napoli decided to give a lot of those tickets to football academies. Um, so yeah, a lot of those seats are already full. I mean, they don't really go on sale. That not a lot of them go on sale. And uh, I just want to make it clear that it's not out of, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, love for the Campania region or the Napoli region of football academy. They are forced by the, by the city council to do these things. Every time Napoli gives any kind of discount or stuff like that, tickets away, they are always, always, like they have no choice. They are forced to do it. Even, even when they are forced, Sometimes they have to get sued because they don't they don't comply. So yeah, so that's that's the club we have when it comes to you know Napoli is doing has always done very well on the market um, and you know the core business of, of of this club is obviously football like results, 
but anything else doesn't really work. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why a lot of people are quite um, harsh when it comes to, you know, the Laurentis and other managers yeah. because a lot of things really don't work. And if you live in the city, you, 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 you can, you can tell that you experience that every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So there you go, David. I hope that's answered your question a bit. One of the great things of having Michaela here is that we get that that insight so directly. Uh, you know, if you do want to ask us a question, just stick uh, uh, send us a DM at Shadow of Vesuvio. So let's rerun. So Bologna before the game. So you were pretty busy in your day job giving out tickets and stuff, which you probably in the old days wouldn't have seen home at Bologna as a time when you'd be really busy, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's becoming quite busy in general, but also because obviously, I mean, Napoli is doing so well, so everyone wants to come. A lot of South Korean fans wants to see Kim. Some Georgian fans want to see Kvara. And, so, were you uh, giving out tickets to South Koreans and Georgians on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, yeah a few, Amazing. a I few. Love yeah, it. that's quite um, nice. Yeah. So, did you manage to get into the game on time, or were you a bit late because you were giving out tickets? No, fortunately, people are behaving. So, I've been, Amazing. I've been, yeah, I've been. Uh, well, not too early, but I've been. I almost got in. No, I got in at the end of warm up. That was a record, unprecedented. So, yeah, did thank you. Did you manage to see Mario Rui scoring a goal in the warm up? No, but I was, I was listening to the crowd's reaction to his, to his shots. So. Even, and that is even, the way you gauge yeah. the temperature of the of the Tifosi, really, isn't it? On how on how they react to Mario Rui. I suppose on that, I'm quite curious to know, like, we're part of this unprecedented 10 game across all competitions winning streak. Um, are you noticing anything different in that pre-game atmosphere? Or is it, you know, are the ultras just, you know, always the same, come rain or shine? Is there a, a different feeling? Are there any different chants, any different songs, or is it just there's a uniform level of commitment to this team. No, the ultras, by design, the ultras are always the same. Hmm. And that is also nice because obviously they're the same against Liverpool and then the same against Cremonese or uh, any, any, any lower, uh, you know, weaker side. So no, they, they usually don't change their ways, but obviously the, the, atmos- the atmosphere is a little bit different because you have a lot of, as I said, a lot of um, like new fans, let's say. Of yes. fans who are not used to the stadium, and uh, you can tell, you can you can tell from from outside. A lot of people get the gates of the stadium wrong. A lot of people have no idea. I I like people stop me outside the stadium. Even people I I didn't help with tickets, they stop me because they see I'm helping people navigate the stadium when I give tickets, and they say, ah, oh, so you know, I I can see you know what you're doing. Can you tell me where I have to go? Like, can I do this? Can I do that? A lot of people are clueless right now. You're and so that's close nice. to getting a job it. at the club, Michaela. You're so close. You know, we're going to have yeah. to stop doing this podcasting because you're going to be like head of matchday experience for SSC Napoli. That doesn't exist. That will never exist. Napoli doesn't really, doesn't really hire. You know, they don't... Yeah, well... Spalletti maybe, listens to maybe. this show. So go on, Luciano. If you hire Michele, just make sure that you keep him free for this show. So, okay. So we've got the ultra. They're always full-voiced. It's presumably bouncing. I mean, the atmosphere was great. I thought watching at home, it really came out of, 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 of the stadium. It was a bit old Napoli, though, the first 40 minutes. We played really well, right? But nothing happened. And then Bologna sneaked in a goal. 
what was that feeling like in Kurva B when um, Zixi, who I think had a really good game, looked very dangerous actually throughout, scored? What obviously your in the moment reactions are full blooded, as I've witnessed twice now in person. Um, although I was one who got in trouble in the pub in Glasgow, not you. Um, what what was the feeling in the curva? What was your feeling when that Bologna goal went in? Um, so I started to have bad feelings around the 15th or 20th minute of, of the game because it was clear that the team was, to me, it was clear that the team was quite tired mentally. Um, I was talking to some friends in the stadium before the game started. And I was like, I, <laughs> I told them, you know, I must admit that if I could, probably I wouldn't have come to the stadium today because I'm so tired. And, you know, like if the fans are tired in terms of, you know, how many games we're attending and, you know, like going to the stadium and stuff, I can only imagine how tired the players must be <laughs> mentally, so obviously, mentally. And, uh, you know, they started well because obviously we were, we were the better team and we were playing at home. But yeah. I, I would say after Politano somehow managed to miss that chance, um, was kind of like a penalty, basically, all alone in front yeah. of the keeper. After that, I think the team, well, I wouldn't say maybe they didn't give up, but they, they kind of relied. They, 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 were, they pushed hard in the first 20 minutes. And then after that, after Politano missed, they, way, they, they stepped back a little bit. And Bologna started to get control of the game. And uh, the goal was just, was just, you know, was in the air, let's say, you know, it's... You could Classic tell a lot of, play. yeah, a lot of players just stopped tracking back. Um, they really, you, you could tell they, there was at least my, my feeling, they kind of relaxed. You know, they were like, you know, we're going to win this anyway. So we don't really need to push too hard, which is something Spalletti also highlighted after the game. And he said, yeah. you know, we, we really, I think the players understood that they, they really can't relax during the game when we are the kind of team which always has to push to win games. We have to control and dominate the games, otherwise we don't win. Or, or at least it becomes less likely for us to win, which is so, yeah. the case, yeah. What does that nervousness in the stands in Corva B look like, sound like, feel like? So, you know, do people just keep committing to the chance or do people start to talk to each other a bit more? Like, how does that feeling of nervousness manifest itself? Or is there no difference? No, there is a little bit of difference. But I would say this season, like even, you know, obviously you don't celebrate and you don't, you're not happy after you can see the goal. But, you know, Napoli has come back from uh, situations of disadvantage in a game a few times right now, four or five times. Fourth, yeah, Fourth time this season that they've come yeah. back. Behind. There you go. So I'm not going to say people remain optimistic, but like the team, we remain focused on the game. We're like, okay, you know, it's early enough. There's a lot to do. We can still do a lot. We can score many goals in just 10 minutes. So let's not panic and let's stay focused. And unfortunately, I had a, a fan, a friend of mine. I mean, I don't really know her, him, him. Um, outside of the stadium. We only meet in Curva B and we always meet in the same place. So we just watch the game together and uh, we comment the game. Um, this person was, was frustratingly optimistic about the game 
And uh, he kept saying to me, we're going to win 4-2, 4-2, 4-2. And every game, <laughs> he turned to me and said, 4-2, just with, just with his fingers, 4-2, 4-2. And yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, he came close. I mean, it was almost a force too, but yeah, no, I mean, he didn't have as, any... As someone that has watched two Napoli games with you live, I know that that is not the correct approach to watch a football game with you. No, no. That absolutely. must have got on your nerves quite a lot. Yes, you. yeah, but yeah, no, we, like the team, we remain focused. And I do think that the, uh, Bologna's goal was, was due and was necessary for us to wake up. It's yeah. the kind of, you know, because the team was too relaxed and it's better to concede so early in the game rather than you know staying relaxed and conceding in the last minute of the second half and then by that time you have no way to obviously to tie the game and to fix the problem so yeah and it was quite clear that the, the it was a probably in my opinion it was um emotional tiredness mm. if you if you yeah, can yeah. say that well, we and, have a uh, phrase in, in English, I think more in England than America, being tired and emotional. And that's usually when you've had a bit too much to drink. But okay. you know, let, let's apply that to kind of match day fatigue. Yeah. Well, I mean, it obviously worked because after that, we scored after four minutes. And yeah, yeah it was, but it was quite the game, it was quite the game. And I do think, I'm quite sure, and at the end of the game, I was, it was clear to me that this game, last season or any other season in the past few years, you lose. You lose this game. It's it was the kind of game, the classic game Napoli plays after big Champions League games. Hundred percent. You're tired. You feel somewhat accomplished, and it's easy to feel accomplished for a for a team like that after you've won nine games in a row. Mm. So you you kind of feel like okay, I've done what I had to do. I don't really need to do much. You know, I'm the better side anyway. So I'm. We're probably going to win this game anyway. Um, yeah, that's not the right attitude. And that's why I was calling for like big changes in the, in the second half because the players who were playing in the first half, they were quite clearly tired. Yeah. And uh, I, I must admit as well that I've, I was calling for uh, Kvara to be subbed off because while he's quite good and he's very good, it was... Like in the second half, it basically stopped running defensively. We had a huge, like if you watch the game again, or if you remember what the game was, um, we conceded a lot of chances in our left, on our left side, defensively speaking, because Clara wasn't running, tracking back anymore. And he's usually really good at that as well, isn't he? He's I mean, usually yeah. quite, yeah, because in, even in the first half, he was quite good at that. But in the second half, he basically stopped running to cover defensively. And uh, we had huge gaps, huge holes there. Um, thing is, Kvaraxelia is the kind of player which um, can create anything out of nowhere all the time. Yeah. So it's very, very hard to sub off Kvaraxelia. So many chances in that first half. There's sort of four chances that came out of yeah. I mean, but I mean, just to say that he played 19 minutes against Bologna, 77 minutes against Ajax. 90 minutes against Cromanese, 64 minutes against Ajax. And I think even that, he came off too late then, actually. 80 minutes against Torino. And then for Georgia, he played 72 minutes, then 90 minutes, 87 minutes against Milan. He's getting a lot of minutes in those legs, but he's still so important to this team, right? I mean, what an assist for Ossiemen. I think is, yeah. I agree that those changes at halftime I thought were brilliant. Bringing on Ossiemen and Lozano, 
presumably the the, the Corvo was was pretty pleased with those with those changes. Yeah, no, they were necessary, and they warmed up during the whole um, within the first and second half. You know, they 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 were warming up quite hard, Osimen and Lozano. So yeah, you could tell that they would have been subbed in immediately, and that was the case. Yeah, but yeah, no, we we definitely have a quite a problem when it comes to replacing him because Elmas is just it's probably one of the worst performer in the team right now. And he was writing, really... writing some crap on Instagram, wasn't he, about the bench being? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was joking, but still, you know, it's uh, doesn't really help. No, he's, well, yeah. So okay, we don't get too much about the game, but like that's really interesting about it. What what do you remember the most from the game? So again, we're walking along Piazza uh, Plebiscito, we're eighty five, and you're going to say, "I remember the Bologna game, Henry." What 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 was the sort of the thing that you'll take away most from this game from being in the stadium the stress in the last 15 minutes probably i was i was 100 percent sure you know the feeling as a napoli fan all the trauma you have from the past this game kind of activates all the you know all the, all the past trauma and you see bologna scoring not just one but two goals to win this yep. game you can you can tell you know you can you can see that so i was very scared and I mean, Bologna was actually pushing quite hard towards the end of the game. So again, the feeling was, I don't know if we're going to, I was telling people around me, like, I don't know if we're going to win this game, but if we do, it's, it's crazy. And any other season, any other season you lose. And uh, yeah, no, there was, I honestly think that was the case. These are like two or three points, which we found, like literally, it's a miracle. Like out of nowhere, we we gain these points. Mm. Uh, in Napolitan, you would say you find them on the ground because there's something so random. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say this win is random. It's definitely deserved. But yeah. my my point is that my point is that this kind of game, any Napoli team in the past, I would say ten years, at least you lose or tie. You definitely don't win this game. Even and, with uh, you know, Alex, Alex Merritt doing his best to handle the points to, to blow. I, yeah. got, I, I got in trouble on Twitter for just in a very mild way expressing that Alex Merritt makes me a bit nervous and there's some very defensive Napoli fans <laughs> got on my back. And I, we had a very civilised exchange. So if any of you are listening, I do appreciate the civilised nature of our interaction, but you were completely wrong. Um, okay, so we haven't got loads of time today. So... Yeah, let's let's move on. I think to Roma very quickly. Why can't you go to Roma, Michele? Because I'm from Napoli, therefore I'm a criminal. Isn't yeah. this against like the Geneva Convention of Human Rights? Because like you should be able to. It is like insane. So like people who were born in Campania, right, are not allowed in the stadium. No, people who live in Campania. Like if you lived in Campania, you wouldn't be able. You wouldn't be able to go. So it's usually when it comes to ticket restrictions in Italy, it's never about where you were born, but it's about where you live. And that, that you can see, yeah, we can, we can tell. I mean, it's, it's also the case for the Rangers game. So I'm quite scared about that game, by the way, because in terms of, you know, clashes in the city, because a lot of Rangers fans are coming over hmm. and it's, it, and there they much can't love get tickets the legally the the fiasco of the the game here in in glasgow yeah 
So yeah, a lot of people. And uh, yeah, for the game, for that game, obviously, if you live in the UK, you can get tickets. Legally, you can get tickets. It's so not- if you're listening to this in Glasgow, which is just down the road from me, don't go to Naples. Go to Paisano in the West End of Glasgow. <laughs> have a nice pizza, then find a nice bar to watch the game in. And honestly, it's really not worth going over there and causing trouble. Please don't. Yeah. Or if you come, if you come, just enjoy the city, watch the game in a pub. You'll be more than fine to do that. But please don't try to get tickets because, first of all, you're not going to be able to because when you get tickets, you have to give your ID, you have to present your ID. And on your ID, it's going to say, you know, resident of the UK, you live in the UK. And even if you somehow succeed in tricking the ticket store clerk into releasing your tickets, your ID will be checked at the gates. A lot of people don't know that. I'm, I'm still surprised that people don't know that. But all sport events in Italy need tickets to be customized. And for all sport events, you will be checked the ticket will be checked against your ID. So you must present ID. A lot of people come to me and say, oh, what? do they really do that? Are, really, are they really that tight with the checks? They're not tight. They are normal checks. It's not like they look at you in the face and they're like, oh, you know, you don't seem like the kind of guy who should come to the stadium, show me your ID. No. To get inside the stadium, you must show ticket and ID. So that's, that's, there is no way around it. A, a lot of, I always get surprised when I get someone who says, ah, yeah, but I was here like two or three times. They never asked for ID. And I wonder if it's my problem then, because every time I go to the stadium, every, any queue I go to, all the people in front of me and behind me, they have to show ID. I've been going to the stadium for a long time. It's I, never, I, I had to show ever my happened. passport. I had to show yeah. my passport. But yeah, of course no, you have to. Otherwise, they don't let you in. And, and Michaela, uh, when you when you came to Glasgow, you didn't try to get into the stadium. You went to no, a bar and watched no, it. So I the didn't. least you can do, Rangers Tifosi, is to do exactly what Michaela um, did. Um, okay, well, I'm glad we've said that. That's actually really, really important. Um, but the Roma game, obviously, oh, we didn't say we didn't talk about that. The Roma game, yes. So we can go. Um, tough game. I would have loved to go. I would have probably gone if I've. If I weren't such a criminal, it's true. I feel nervous even Campania. on Zoom talking to you, Michaela. I feel like anything could happen. Yeah, no, no. If I could, I would stab you right now, but yeah, yeah. I can't. Let the, like the technology is still not here. One so, day, we yeah, can hope. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. It's gonna be on the sports side of things. It's gonna be very difficult. Obviously, last year it was we we faced Roma in a very similar, very similar circumstances because we came from. I don't want to be wrong, but like I think there were like eight games in a, eight wins in a row. I think it was, that, had, was that, that was that great banter between Spalletti and Mourinho before that's the game. Right. Yeah, I really that's like that. right. Yeah, so we yeah well we definitely and then we, obviously we tied in Rome. I think zero zero something like that. Mm. Uh, we didn't even score. So yeah, I I would take that to be honest. I would absolutely. Rip uh, you know what? I wouldn't because then. I even said that last year. A lot of people after last year said, "Oh, you know," but a, a point in Rome is. It's one point earned. It's not two points lost. And I would say, I, I said, mm, you know what? I don't, I don't think so. You know, right? Roma is not that good. It, they're good. At least last year they weren't that good. Like they lost what, like six two or six one, six zero in Norway. Like that. So it's definitely doable. And a lot of teams went to Rome and won. So it's definitely doable. I wouldn't 
I really wouldn't take one point in Rome. It's, we have to try to win. Breaking, also because, bre- breaking yeah, this are... team down. Breaking Roma down is going to be tough. They're playing awful anti-football, but they're, yeah. they're hard to break down. And I think having Ossiaman back is good news, to be honest. We need a bit of chaos to disrupt that, that back line. We um, really need Anguissa too, but I don't... He might be back, I was reading, mm, or... I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think he's training with the team yet, and it's Thursday today. So, eh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't, well, he did all right against Bologna, but he was just a bit cat on a hot tin roof, wasn't he? Like, he did some good stuff, but he just needed to occasionally just calm down a bit. Like you've got... Dombele? Yeah, when those three play together, like Onkisa, um, Lobotka, and Zelinski, there's just the sense that everyone knows exactly what they're doing. There's a there's a number, you know, a great excitingness to what they do, but there's also a kind of strange calmness to what they do. We didn't quite have that. It's like what you were saying the week before about feeling calm when you had Kim on the ball. I don't always feel 100% calm with Ndombele in that position. Yeah. Although he did yeah, have definitely. his moments. No, definitely, 100%. It's, uh, he, he, he... Like I would say, technically speaking, is very good and maybe one of the best players we have in the team right now hmm. in terms of skills, like mere technical skills, like the way he dribbles, the way he passes the ball. But I think the problem is physical a bit because he gets tired easily right now and tactical because sometimes it just like he's all over the place and... um it seems to me like he's a little bit chaotic when it comes to, you know, tactical well, position. That's fitness as well. He's, I still think he's a hundred percent fit. And that does mean that you, your body can't quite do what your head wants you to do. If you know, yeah. what I mean. like if you haven't quite got that fitness. Yeah. Um, Spalletti, Spalletti is focusing a lot on him right now mm. on him and Clara, because tactically speaking, both of them can improve. I would say Kvaratskhelia has improved a lot already, you can tell, yeah. which is amazing to me. It's you know, just two months. But Nombele... Hmm. But this hmm. is what Spalletti's good at. He's so good at this kind of individual attention on, on players. So I think Ndombele will come good. I don't think he's quite the finished article yet in terms of being match fit, in terms of understanding the club. He was quite a late addition to the squad as well, so we've got to give him a bit of time. But we need everybody on full, firing on full blast. Um, okay. I'm really excited. I will be nervous as hell for the whole of the weekend. Um, do we have a Neapolitan expression of the week, Michaela? Yes, we do. We do. And uh, it's linked to what I said before. So what I'm seeing right now, even with the business I run, you know, it's a lot of new fans, a lot of, you know, like maybe kind of like casual fans who are now paying attention to the team. I would say, you know, when Napoli... When Napoli plays so well, it's impossible to escape the Napoli talk. Like even people who don't care about the team, like my girlfriend, for example, like they know what Napoli does. They know the results. They they, they know everything because the whole she city has a bit. I've seen her interest slightly, slightly. No, I mean, of, I mean, her father is a big Napoli fan, and her boyfriend is obviously a big Napoli fan. So she she must care. About Napoli, otherwise she's not allowed in the house. And uh, yeah, if you are listening, hello, hello. We must meet again. She's a great woman. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. But yeah, no. So the phrase of the week is connected to this and to the new fans we are gaining and the old fans which we lost in the past and which are coming back. 
um, the phrase is quando Meloni esce russo ognuno ne vuole una fella in Italia it would be quando il cocomero è rosso ognuno ne vuole una fetta and in English it would be when the watermelon is red everyone wants a slice <laughs> I love it <laughs> so again I don't mean it as a you know in negative terms I, I'm not the kind of person who says ah now you come back ah, now that Napoli plays well you're support I really I could say that I could say, as a season ticket holder I could say that you but could. I won't I really I really don't so what you're saying so. is enjoy the watermelons I'm happy that a lot of people are getting closer to the team again I'm very happy about that I'm very happy that the stadium is full of occasionally I really don't mind um That's how you get new fans. I will never forget. I'm, I'm, I was born in the 90s. And a lot of people from my generation ended up supporting Juve, Inter, Milan. Because mm. when I was growing up, when we were growing up, Napoli was shit, was super bad, yeah. uh, was irrelevant, to be honest. Like, simply irrelevant. It was even like one of the worst teams in Serie B even for uh, a number of years. So a lot of people I know, a lot of people in my generation ended up supporting Inter, Milan, Juventus. So I would take, a, you know, a, a, not a plastic, but a casual Napoli fan any day over, you know, Inter, Milan, Napoli, Juve oh, fans so, from Napoli. Absolutely. So, and then again, that's how you start, you know, that, you know, one day you go, oh, Napoli sprints so well, then you end up going again, 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 again. And uh, sooner rather than later, you end up having a season ticket in Curva B and recording podcasts with Dr. Henry Bell every week. Yes. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's usually how it goes, I've been and, told. And actually, hang on, hang on. Um, I've, got my, I've got my dad staying at the moment. I wonder if he's going to come in and say hi. Probably not, because we have, we, we have to go. But the man who got me interested in Napoli completely by mistake is in the flat with me now. But I think he's... Nice. He's writing. He's a writer, my dad. At the moment. Uh-huh. So he next, was next episode. He was a he was a TV producer. Uh, I think I've said to a few people he made a documentary in Naples in the 1980s. And right. when I watched the World Cup, I was like, you know, why are they not booing Maradona? And he was like, because <laughs> it's, it's Naples. <laughs> But I think he's uh, he's off right anyway. Michele, thank you so much for that. It was great. Watermelons. I won't tell you the time I got. Somebody tried to charge me 13 euros for a watermelon when I was in Italy. Not in Naples, I'll have you know. And my girlfriend, who is Italian, really kicked some ass when that happened. I think that they made an assumption that we might be in tourists. Nice. But anyway, I love it. Yeah, well, let's, let's hope the, the ripe watermelon continues to be enjoyed this weekend against Roma. Um, great. Okay, well, if you want to find us on Twitter, the show is at Shadow of Vesuvio. Michele is at Napoli Tickets. I'm at Henry Bell Calcio. Um, please do drop us a line if you want a question about anything. If you want to ask Michele a question, go for it. If you want to ask me a question, I don't know why you would, but absolutely feel free to do that. Uh, in the meantime, everyone behave. Rangers fans stay in Glasgow. It's the second best city in the world to Naples. And Forza Napoli. Sempre. Sempre.